I turn your attention to the book of Luke chapter 10. We are excited about today being our ministry fair that we do once a year. Normally it's in January. And uh, it's just a tremendous time to uh, look at all the different ministries that East Wind offers and to find a place that you can get involved. Uh, this year, 2020, what a great year, amen, to apply ourselves, volunteer to get involved in some ministry. And our comments this morning are going to address that focus. Luke chapter 10 and verse 38, Now it came to pass as they went that he, referring to Jesus, entered into a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet. Mary wasn't the only one that sat at Jesus' feet. Martha also, because it says here, Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was cumbered about with much serving and came to him and said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister hath left me to serve alone? Bid her therefore that she help me. And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, 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 thou art careful and troubled about many things but one thing is needful and Mary hath chosen that good part which shall not be taken away from her I want to give a shout out to Martha today and look at this story from a little different perspective would you bow your heads and pray with us Lord we are thankful for your spirit for your anointing for your power and your presence we ask you Lord that now as we go into your word, that you would give us open hearts and minds to receive it and apply these principles to our life. Let us be changed from the inside out. We give you praise for all things in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. amen. You may be seated. Thank you for standing. Uh, oftentimes we look at Martha and we think she's the bad person in this story, but I've seen her recently in a little different light. And I want to share those observations with you today. First of all, we know that Martha was conscientious, and I'm thankful that she was conscientious. The Lord said, you are careful. Maybe she was a detail-oriented person. Maybe she was the type person that we say are type A personalities, that they don't like something being done haphazardly. And shipshod, somebody says it that way. There's all these different words to describe. But you and I know people that when they do something, it's always sort of a disaster in the making. It looks good at first, but you know there's going to be problems following it. And they're always sort of happy-go-lucky. And they're always sort of, you know, everything's going to be fine. But you know problems are coming. And then you have these other people who are very detail-oriented. They are conscientious. They are very concerned that everything be done right. As I've watched all these different tradesmen work around this church over the last few months, can I tell you that I am thankful for people that are very conscientious, people that take pride in their work, people that are concerned with what they're doing looks right. Now, they may be a little bit slower, but when they get done, you got a finished product that you can be proud of. So I want to give a shout out to all the Marthas in the audience today. Thank you for being conscientious. 
And Martha's sometimes rubbed Mary's the wrong way and vice versa. Because we're all different personalities. And one thing about Martha's are they don't just be Martha, but they want Mary to be Martha also. And that's where they get in trouble, and that's where Martha got in trouble. Now, Martha, we're thankful for all that you do. You're a server, you're a worker, you're careful, and I believe she worshiped also. But she got in trouble when she tried to pull her sister out of church to help her with her work. Oh, I felt a pastoral spirit climb up on me right there. God bless you for moving over the weekend. But don't call half the church to help you. We're going to be in church on Sunday morning. <laughs> Amen. That's where the Lord admonished Martha. And so we look at that and we think, wow, the Lord is saying, it's better to sit at his feet than to be in the kitchen working. And if it's an either-or situation, it is better to be in the house of God. But you and I know that there is a balance to all of this. I'm thankful for the heart of Mary in the hands of Martha. We've often heard that said before. But I present to you today that Martha may have had the hands and the heart. She may have been a worshiper. The Bible says Mary worshiped also. When I look at these stories, especially when I see the story when Lazarus, their brother, was sick and, and the Lord came there and he was late getting there because everybody was pulling on him and all. And when he got there, Martha come running out and she said, hey, Lord, if thou hast been here, my brother would not die. And he said, he's going to rise again. She said, well, I know he will in the resurrection at the last day. He said, Martha, I am the resurrection. I am the life. Martha had faith for the past, she had faith for the future, but she didn't have faith for the present. Because that's the most difficult place to have faith for. You and I can say, Lord, I'm so thankful for Azusa Street, I'm so thankful for Topeka, Kansas, I'm so thankful for the upper room, I'm so thankful for the outpouring of the Pentecost, of the Pentecostal experience, I'm thankful for receiving the Holy Ghost the evidence and speaking in tongues, I'm so glad that one day you're going to come back for your church and we're going to walk on streets of gold and we're going to eat the Lamb's Supper. But what about right now? You see, it's easy to have faith for the past and faith for the future, as Martha did. But the Lord said, Martha, you've got to have faith for right now. So she may not have had the gift of faith, but she had the gift of hospitality. Because in both of these stories, she's the one who runs out of the house to greet him when Jesus comes to town. I don't see Mary doing it. We all love Mary. We all look at Martha kind of, you know, sideways. But I'm going to tell you what, as a pastor, I'd love to have a whole church of Marthas. Because I'm going to tell you one thing. I'm thankful we can come to the house of the Lord and worship. But ladies and gentlemen, we wouldn't have the opportunity to come here and worship if we didn't have a whole bunch of Marthas working behind the scenes. Conscientious. <laughs> Yeah, the Lord corrected her. He said, now, don't be messing with Mary. She's in church. We're thankful for what you're doing. So there's a balance to all of it. I heard a story about a, a man that came home one afternoon from work to find total mayhem in his house. His three children were outside still in their pajamas playing in the mud. 
Empty food boxes and wrappers were thrown all around the front yard, and the door of his wife's car was open, as was the front door of the house. And he, as he went into the entrance of the house, he found even a bigger mess. A lamp had been knocked over, and the throw rug was wadded all up a, against the wall in the corner. And in the front room, the TV was blaring really loudly with a cartoon channel, and the family room was littered with all kinds of toys, and various clothing items were everywhere. And in the kitchen, the dishes were all filled the sink and running over, and breakfast food was spilled all over the counter, and dog food was spilled on the floor, and there was a broken glass that lay under the table, and there was a small pile of sand by the back door. And he looks around and he's bewildered and he, he runs upstairs to see if he can find his wife. He's stepping over toys and more clothes as he makes his way up the stairs. And he's worried that she may be ill or something serious has happened. And he finds her in the bedroom still curled up in the bed in her pajamas reading a book. He, she looks up at him and smiles and says, hey honey, welcome. Welcome home. How was your day today? He said, it was fine. Uh, what happened here today? She said, you know, honey, when you ask me when you come home from work what I did all day, well, today I didn't do it. <laughs> now, for all the ladies, we could just close in prayer. That would be good enough right there. We'd have a service. But that's what happens when we take care of things. It can be just taken for granted. That's what happens when Martha shows up for work things get done when Martha doesn't show up we got problems we think things run around here smoothly because we don't see all the effort that's going into making it all happen just a few examples around here as you found your way into the worship center today did you know that you know you got people that were here early that uh, got the carts ready and they're driving you from your car so you don't have to walk uh, so far in this hot sun in January in Florida to come to the front doors of the church <laughs> You got ladies coming early and folding bulletins. You got greeters and ushers that got up early and got here, got set up and turned the air condition on in January in Florida. You got people working around here all day yesterday, making the place clean and safe as possible with all this construction so you can have a nice time here today in the house of God and not trip and fall and and uh, break your ankle. You've got Sunday school teachers that are getting up early and getting their classrooms ready. You've got sound and video team that's uh, getting things set up and all so you can have words on the screen so you can have an enjoyable visible and audio experience. You've got the music team that's here getting ready so that they can lead us in worship and into the presence of the Lord. And You've got Brother Harry who's been here cleaning and getting everything all cleaned up and he's also sleeping in the building in a tent at night. So tradesmen can work here late and so the building is secure and that the facility is safe. Then you got the transportation team. They got here early and they got instructions on who to go pick up. And they went and got the keys, got in the van and they drove. And they're trying to find people that want to come to church but don't have transportation. Then you got the nursery team. They got here early and the nursery team are out there right now taking care of your little rug rats. <laughs> Then you got the hospitality team that's prepared the visitor center. That's just to name a few. I haven't even touched. That's just the tip of the iceberg. Then you got department heads and staff that have been here yesterday, the day before, especially for this day, that's preparing the, the, the tents and the ministry fair so that after we leave here and we go to the life center, all of it's going to be set up for you. I want to give a shout out to all the Marthas that make this thing run. Oh, hallelujah but I've learned that everybody's got different talents and the person that you're sitting next to may not demonstrate the same talent that you are that you have 
but they are valuable. They're valuable to the work of God. I want to read some verses to you out of Matthew chapter 25, starting in verse 14. It's a parable that Jesus taught. For the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country, who called his own servants and delivered unto them his goods. And unto one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one. Now these talents were a measure of money. And it says here, to every man according to his several ability. Now there's a couple of things that that verse, especially that phrase, means to me. First of all, all of us have more than one talent. Several ability. But it also lets us know that all of us have different talents and abilities. And straightway took his journey. So he's got these different servants and the Lord's telling this parable, which he would use to illustrate principles, spiritual principles. And so this one got five. When the master came back, found out that one that had gotten five talents, doubled it. And there was one that got two. And those two talents, he doubled it. And there was one that just got one talent. And he went and buried his talent. And when he was admonished for that from the master, the man said, well, I knew that you were a hard taskmaster and I, 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 I didn't want to lose it. And, uh, and so I buried it. So he operated out of fear. Ladies and gentlemen, don't bury your talent. You may say, well, I don't have five, and I don't have two, and I don't have as much as everybody else, and, and you know, I can't sing like Sister Lisa and play like Brother Kevin, and I can't, you know, be uh, Brother Derek, be the head of, there's so many things that everybody else can do, I just don't feel like I'm available, I don't feel like I, I have any ability. Ladies and gentlemen, there's more talent that is untapped in these pews, it would blow your mind. You're sitting next to people, if you knew what they can do. You treat them a whole lot better when you come to church. People are loaded with talent and ability. Now, it may be different than yours. I can't believe how much talent and ability this younger generation has with technology. They just... And they know their way around their, what they call, digital natives. But us old people, we're digital immigrants. We're still having to learn this language and I got to find my way through all that. And they just get frustrated because they're like, just go here, just go there, just go. Everybody has got different abilities. But here's what I do know. Just like in this parable, when you put your talent in the hands of the master, it's going to double. That's how he fed the 5,000. He put his talent, hallelujah, he put what he had, his little loaves and fishes, uh, he put them in the Lord's hand, and the Lord multiplied it and fed the masses, hallelujah. You may think what you're doing is insignificant, but I'm going to tell you what, you don't realize it, but if you'll do it under the Lord, the Lord will use uh, what you're doing in the kingdom of God and multiply it, and there'll be people in heaven because of the work that you've done. It may not be seen by everybody. But it's important. And so I want to say, I'm thankful that Martha used the talent that she had. She had the gift of hospitality. Jesus loved to stay at that house. When he came through, he stayed with Martha and Mary and Lazarus. Now, I think part of why he loved to stay there is because Martha was conscientious. Thank God for conscientious people. I just so got a whole different attitude about Martha. I'm so thankful for conscientious people. Anybody that uses their talent, and it doesn't matter whether or not you're getting credit for it or not, or whether or not it's even seen. So many people do things here that are behind the scenes. But guess what? 
If you're using your talent, God is going to honor you and bless you. Now, let me just stop and say this for whatever it's worth, because I really believe we're going to fix in just a few moments. We're going to go over the Life Center, and everybody's going to sign up to get involved in something, because I want everybody in this church in 2020 involved in some volunteer ministry at East Wind Pentecostal Church. Amen? Everybody getting involved. But let me just say this as a disclaimer before we get into this a little bit more. It is important to recognize how the Lord guarded Mary being in his presence. It's one thing to volunteer and it's something that we're focused on today. But let me say this. Don't ever let serving in the kingdom of God take the place of being in the presence of God. You understand what I'm saying? In other words, if you come to every service and you're involved in the parking lot or you're involved in driving a cart or you're involved in some other ministry and you don't ever get a chance to get in the house of God and worship, you got the whole thing turned upside down. And what good is your service going to be if you lose out in your relationship with God? There ought to be one time a week when you're at least, one time a week at least, that you're in the presence of God, you're being fed by the Word of God, and you're free to be able to worship God without worrying about whether or not you're doing your job or not. You just come to say, Lord, here I am in your presence. I've come to sit at your feet and to worship you. We got to have that. And that's why the Lord guarded that. Martha, I, I appreciate, you know, the fact that you're diligent. But Mary hath chosen the grace. See, maybe Martha didn't know. Maybe the Lord knew the heart of Mary. Maybe she needed to be in the presence of God right there. And he was saying the kitchen work will come and go, but right now this is most important. But here's where I think, at least from what I've heard over the years of being in churches all my life, Martha's always looked at in a negative light. But I don't think the Lord was discounting what Martha did. I think what the Lord was saying to Martha was, Right now, what Mary is doing is most important. But it didn't mean that he wasn't thankful for all that Martha did day in and day out. And that's what I want to say today. I'm thankful that we all come to the house of God and worship. I'm thankful for people that magnify the Lord and worship the Lord. In a Pentecostal church especially, people run the aisles, people stand up, people clap. I'm thankful for everybody. But you know what? You may be sitting next to somebody and you think, they are just as dead as a doornail. I've never seen so-and-so leap. I've never seen them run the aisles. But you don't know what they're doing. They may be serving behind the scenes. They may be supporting their church financially. You don't even realize what they're doing. They may have a ministry where they go and help people during the week. They may be working their hands for healing. Everybody's got different gifts and abilities. So don't look down your nose at everybody. The Bible said we are a building that is fitly framed together. Hallelujah. And I'm glad when God brings us all together, we come with our different gifts and abilities and talents. And when we come together, we make music. Just like a symphony. If you just hear a French horn by itself, it's not all that pleasant. At least to me it's not. But you put a bunch of French horns in an orchestra, it sounds like angels sing. You just hear the oboe by itself, or the tuba, or even the timpani. But you put it all together, and it makes music. Ladies and gentlemen, when we all come together, oh, I'm so thankful for Eastwood. When we all come together, 
We make music together. But here's what I want you to know. We are missing you in the orchestra. Your seat is empty. We need you playing your talent. You say, Brother David, I just don't, I don't have that much talent. Well, join the field. We got, it's like, you know, you got 250 watt light bulbs, you got 100 watt light bulbs, you got 60 watt light bulbs, and then you have seven watt night lights like me. That somehow the Lord makes a way for us. When I first started out in the ministry, I was always frustrated. I felt like I couldn't do it. Everybody else did better. My first job was to go and get pizza for the youth group. I went down here. Do you remember Shakey's Pizza be up there by the old Melbourne Airport? And I went up there to get pizza, and I was carrying pizza back across the floor, and there was a lady playing the piano, and I tripped on the corner of her little stand, and the pizza went flying, landed on the heads of all the people. We had to wait. And then when I finally got back, half the pizza wasn't in the order. And they said, where's the pizza at? And everybody was upset. And we sent David to go get the pizza, and where's the pizza? So I finally got there, and I started cutting the pizza, and the youth leader said, we don't cut the pizza, just open the boxes and put it out there. I said, oh, okay. Then I got on the drinks, and I started trying to pour the drinks, and they said, where are the cans? You were supposed to pick up your... Everything I was supposed to do, I messed up on. <laughs> Meanwhile, there's somebody standing there next to me, and they can do everything so fast and so easy. They're working 60 hours a week and volunteering 100 hours a week, and, and you're trying to figure out how they do what they do, and they serve everybody, and they vacuum the place, and have a prayer meeting, and everything they do just... And you find yourself going, I think I'm going to just go over here and bury my talent, whatever it is. <laughs> I love Brother Richie's story. He has such a great story. Talking about when he pastored up north, he said he pastored for four months. And during that four months, there was more people that died in that church that had ever died. He said, we had more people die than get the Holy Ghost in four months. He said, I only pastored four months and I resigned and promised that I'd never, ever pastor again. He said, we had a church split. Half the church was mad. Everybody was fighting. The whole thing turned into a whole beehive. And he said, I was only pastor for four months. He said, that's when I decided I would never, ever pastor the rest of my life. But what would East Wind do without brother and sister Richie? Hey, here's the thing about Eastwood. You come and get involved in some ministry. If it don't work out, find another ministry. But one thing you've got to know is you're not going to really fulfill all that God's called you to do and being a disciple of him until you get involved. Now, let's look at the word talent. I'm going to go real quick, and then we're all going to go over to the Life Center. 1137, are you ready? I want to look at the word talent. I want to take it apart. We're going to look at each one of these, talk about six things. The first thing you've got to do to be a successful volunteer is you got to be teachable. Everybody say teachable. You have to remain teachable. You got to have an attitude of openness, an attitude of wanting to learn more. And there's a saying that if you have a chip on your shoulder, it indicates wood higher up. <laughs> that wasn't for you. That was for the person next to you. <laughs> I'll just speak to myself uh, over the next 15 minutes. Here's the deal. If you're making the same mistake over and over and over again as I have done, look at Proverbs 1.5. A wise person will listen and continue to learn. An understanding person will gain direction. I have found it's what you learn after you know it all that really counts in life. And the first step in using your talent is to remain teachable. 
I got to be honest with you. There's going to be a couple of points here that may sting over the next few moments, but don't feel bad. A couple of them hit me pretty hard too. But here's what you got to understand. If you'll stay teachable, if you'll say, hey, I don't have all the answers. I can't do everything everybody else can do, but here I am. I'm teachable. I'm going to keep an open mind and an open heart. God can use you if you stay teachable. The letter A, available. Available. God cares more about availability than he does ability. You just got to be available. Robert Putnam in his book, Bowling Alone, says this. The number one reason why people don't get involved in serving or volunteering is no one asked me. No one asked me to get involved. But the number one reason why people do get involved in ministry or volunteering is someone asked me, kind of a face-to-face -face ask, would you like to come and serve in this ministry? So I want to say this to you today because I don't want anybody to have any excuse in 2020. I'm going to ask you right now, will you please get involved in a volunteer ministry at East Wind Pentecostal Church? Now you've been asked. You have formally been asked. You can't say, nobody asked me. You've all been asked. You say, well, I'm going to need a personal invitation. All right, we'll do that, but it's going to take me a few moments. So I want to say this to all the department heads who are always saying, Pastor, we need more volunteers in our ministry. Ask! You have not because you ask not. To all you department heads, whenever we all get over there in the Life Center, you can't do, you got to do more than just stand by your booth like a, a soldier guard in the Buckingham Palace. You got to get out and move around. Hey, you know what? You could be an usher. Hey, we can use you in the greeter ministry. Hey, have you ever been, thought about being involved in the kitchen ministry? One of the best tents over there is the kitchen ministry because they got food at it. I've already visited. They got all kind of goodies over there. Folks, I'm going to tell you what. It is joyful when you get involved. All right, I got to hurry. You know what L stands for? Lovable. We got to be lovable. You say, oh, pastor, I'm very lovable. You'd be surprised. You may have that opinion, but others may have a different opinion. <laughs> Isaiah 6, 8. After this, I heard the Lord say, is there anyone I can send? Will someone go for us? He said, I'll go. I answered, send me. When God called Moses, Moses said, who me? Habakkuk said, why me? Jonah said, not me, but thankful Isaiah said, send me. Oh, hallelujah. oh you got to have a heart that's open. You got to stay lovable. You got to say, Lord, I'm going to love my neighbor as myself. This is what you said. And why did the Lord give us that standard? You know why? Because most of the time we don't have trouble loving ourselves. So he gave that as the standard, but he said, now you're going to have to love your neighbor as yourself. Now that becomes a challenge then. And you say, well, I'm going to have to get some new neighbors then. <laughs> How do we love our neighbor as ourselves? You serve your fellow man. I want to give a shout out to everybody that's involved in our Hands for Healing ministry. <laughs> Sister Annie and Sister Thompson, all those, they go over and get food and, and they bring it back and they serve all these people. The people don't even go to our church. Guess what? That's part of what we should do as a church. We should always serve our community. We should always serve one another. Guess what? There's joy, hallelujah, when you're able to volunteer and serve and do something for somebody else. They may not even be thankful for it, but guess what? God keeps good books. He keeps better track of things than the IRS.
Some of y'all got nervous right there. It was almost like saying a cuss word. Don't even say IRS in church. It just sends cold chills. God keeps going. He, you're doing it unto the Lord. You're not doing it for your fellow man. Well, I'd really like to help serve him, but you know, he's got a bad attitude. Guess what? Do it anyhow, because it's real sacrifice when you'll do it towards somebody who's not very lovable. Come on. You got to do it with a heart that says, Lord, I'm doing it because I love you. I'm not doing it to get credit. I'm not doing it to somehow climb the ladder. I'm just saying, Lord, here I am, and I'm going to give you my very best. There's two ways I've found that, at least for myself, I become less than lovable. Number one is when I get too busy, or I think I'm too busy. And I say, you know what, I just I got time, I got to have this, I don't have the time. When you look in the Word of God, and you look in the, the word servant from the New Testament, of course, we know the New Testament was written in Greek. When you look at some of the, the root words, you'll find there's two different meanings to the word servant in the New Testament. One denotes slave. In other words, we're a slave to Christ. We're a slave to those around us. It primarily emphasizes relationship. You have to have the relationship of saying, Lord, I'm serving you. I'm not looking for uh, uh, what I can get from it. I'm serving you. The other one means activity. It means doing. But a lot of times we think of ministry as a, as a relationship rather than looking at it as action. But the Bible says servant means to serve, to get involved. It means being and doing. And, and Romans 12, 10 is a great verse because it says, Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Give preference to one another in honor. Give preference to one another. Give honor. That phrase carries with it the connotation or the word picture. If you're looking at someone that you perceive as having a higher value than you, if you'll just say, you know what? I want to serve you. I want to bless you. I want to give to you. You know what? You'll find that God will bring together a cohesiveness and you'll realize that it doesn't matter whether you esteem somebody higher or lower than you. We are all God's people and we're all a part of the kingdom of God don't put price tags on other people and don't let nobody put a price tag on you your value comes from God he's the one that determines and the Bible says you're a royal priesthood you're a chosen generation that's the kind of God that you serve I think what this verse is saying is be devoted one another in brotherly love or give preference or give honor and maybe this is what Mary had maybe she sort of looked uh, down on Martha. I don't know. Maybe she was in the presence of God where she sat there at the feet of Jesus, but she didn't consider the work that Martha was doing as being valuable. And maybe Martha as her sister picked up on that. I don't know. I don't know all the dynamics that were going on. But here's what I do know. Mary honored Jesus. And that's a wonderful thing. But we've got to do more than just honor Jesus. We've got to honor each other. The first commandment is to love the Lord Thy God with all thy heart, mind, soul, and spirit. But the second one is love your neighbor as yourself. Folks, when they asked him what's the greatest commandment, he didn't differentiate. He said the first two. There's this vertical relationship that we have as we develop our relationship with Jesus. But then there's this horizontal relationship as we develop our relationships with one another. That's the cross. That's what being a disciple of Jesus Christ is all about. It's not just a vertical relationship. God didn't call us to just be in a monastery and pray all day. He called us to be what? Witnesses. Ooh, one of the greatest things you can do for your fellow man is to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with him. You can have a stressed out heart. You can have a shoved back heart. You can have a spiritually drained heart. You can have a score keeping heart. 
There's all different kinds of hearts that you can have. But the best one is to say, Lord, just keep my heart flexible and keep it lovable and keep it open. And if somebody does you wrong, just look at it as a character building moment. Lord, you may just be testing me. Now, I had an old human spirit climb up on me and I wanted to react to him. But I said, no, Lord, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to bless your name anyhow. Yeah. Woo! Hallelujah! I had that experience when I was studying up a, at McGill College in Montreal under a William Rehnquist. And we were doing a, a program and he had just come out of the impeachment trial at that time of, of uh, Clinton. And uh, so we were studying under him at McGill College in Montreal. And, and we were having a great time and the opportunity to study under the Chief Justice of the U.S. Supreme Court. William Rehnquist, and we were learning all this stuff. And so with the students, we'd all go downtown afterwards. Montreal is a beautiful city. We'd, we'd go down there, and there was all these different people that were, uh, were asking for money and so forth and, and begging and all that. And I found myself walking by them, Brother Jeff, and I found myself saying, I want to help you out, but you could probably just go buy another tattoo with what I give you. I'd give you some money, but you're probably going to go buy more alcohol with it. I give you this and that. And I, everybody I went by that was asking for money, I developed some excuse for why I wasn't helping them. And the Lord spoke to me and said, are you doing it unto them or unto me? I said, Lord, I'm so sorry. I'm going to go back to my dorm room and get my change purse. I went back there and got my money. I was with my friends down there. And they were walking by. Nobody paid attention to them. And I was giving money to every one of them. They said, what are you doing that for? You're a college student. You don't have money to give away. All these people going, I said, y'all don't understand. I'm not doing this under them. I'm doing this under the Lord. Because if I'll do what I'm supposed to do, God's going to do what he's supposed to do. He's going to take care of it. Hallelujah. When I worship the Lord, I worship the Lord through my service to my fellow man. So keep an open heart and keep it, keep it pliable, which leads us to the letter E, expandable. Someone once said rubber bands and people are similar in that they both have to be stretched to be effective. You know, sometimes we have to be stretched to be effective. Like rubber bands, we were designed to be stretched. I'm going to tell you what, folks, God will stretch you. I mean, he will stretch, stretch you out of your comfort zone. He's got some of them people in your life. We call them EGRs, extra grace required. Because all he's trying to do is develop your character. So he put some ornery people in your life. Some of y'all got some ornery people that just moved into the cubicle next to you at work. Ooh, boy, they are ornery. You already feeling a bad spirit. They done put a Buddha statue on their desk. When I was taking the bar exam after graduating from law school, it's a two eight-hour days in Tampa, and it's all this work, and it's all this pressure, and ambulances are there, and people are throwing up. It's all this pressure and everything going on. So everything's timed and timed and timed, and you can't, you don't even want to get up and go to the bathroom because everything, you can't waste a moment. And, and so we all get there, and we take all our pencils and markers, and we set up our little spot, and you share a table with someone else, and it's down at the Tampa Convention Center, 3,000 people taking this exam, two eight-hour days. And I lined up. I get all my stuff all moved around, and I look at my neighbor i don't even know who the person is but they're getting all their stuff set up and they put a buddha statue on the table i said uh-oh 
I'm going to need the Holy Ghost to help me on this exam, and I don't need no Buddha in the way. And I leaned over to them. I said, sorry, do you mind putting that thing away? I am an apostolic, Pentecostal, Holy Ghost-filled preacher. And if you leave that Buddha up there, there's going to be a war in the spirit. He said, oh, it's just a little Buddha from my grandmother. It won't hurt you. I said, I don't want it up there. It's going to hurt me. I'm already thinking about it. And I'm already distracted. <laughs> he, he ended up putting it away when I offered him some M&M's. <laughs> Sometimes the Lord will expand you by putting people in your life that's totally different than you are. Guess what? God's just developing your character. Hallelujah. You got to let your talent be expandable. You got to say, Lord, here I am. I never thought I'd be doing this, but here I am. Some of y'all never even thought y'all would be in church, much, much less serving in a church. Some of y'all thought I'd never be an usher. My goodness, when I was sitting in jail... I never thought I would be an usher in a Pentecostal church. But here you are. God has stretched you and blessed you. So here's what I'm saying to you. Don't let anything stop you. Don't let fear, doubt, don't let what anybody else says. Just say, God, here I am. And in 2020, I'm asking God to stretch me and to use me. And whatever I can do, God, I'm not going to bury my talent. I'm going to put it in your hands. Listen to this verse out of James. I'm hurrying. You know that under pressure, your faith life is forced into the open and it shows true colors. So don't try to get out of anything prematurely. Let it do its work so you become mature and well-developed, not deficient in any way. Ladies and gentlemen, don't try to get out of things prematurely. Why? Because God is expanding you. Even though you're not comfortable, does not mean that you're out of God's will. He may be expanding you. He's making you more usable by developing your character. That's why He has you sometimes discouraged. Eventually it'll come around if you'll just... Say, God, here I am. I'm not here for myself. I'm here to honor you. I'm here to bless your name. I'm not going to let anything get in the way. Are you ready for letter N? The letter N means negotiable. Negotiable. There's sometimes whenever you got to negotiate with God. Now, you can't sit down across from God and say, Now, Lord, here's how the negotiation is going to work. Because if I looked up the word negotiation in the dictionary, it means to arrange a discussion. A settlement of terms to deal with or bargain with another and I think we take that definition and we use it as a template and we overlay it into our relationship with God and we sort of visualize God sitting across from the table from us symbolically and we're saying okay God I work 60 hours a week I'm a workaholic I love it it's great then I come home and I got my kids and I got soccer and we got baseball and then I got my hobbies and then I try to make it to church and I'm swamped I'm doing all that I can do so here's what I'm gonna do Lord I'm going to give you one hour a year, every other year, except leap year, I'll give you two hours. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, can I just tell you, that's not the way to negotiate with God. Because he can put you flat on your back. And you won't have nothing but time. 
Here's how you negotiate with God. God, you've been so good to me. You have blessed me beyond my wildest imagination. So I give you everything. <laughs> I give you my heart, my soul, my spirit. You know, Lord, I can't sing like them guys can. I'm not going to get up in front of people and teach. But guess what, Lord? I can clean a bathroom. I can sweep a floor. I can move some chairs. I can help be involved in some ministry somewhere. Because, God, you've done so much for me. And God, if you'll help me find my ministry, here's what I say to you, Lord. I'll give it everything that I've got. We're going to help you find your ministry. God's going to help you find your ministry. And then find a way to utilize that ministry to glorify God. And if you're not happy in that one, go into another ministry. We try not to let anybody get involved in any ministries right here and keep them in there so long they die on the vine. That's not the goal. The goal is for all of us to get to heaven, to be saved. But ladies and gentlemen, there's so much joy in the journey when you learn, learn to serve. That's why I love Martha. That's why I got a whole new love for Martha. Because thank God for Martha. Thank God somebody was in the kitchen. All right, I made that point. James 4, 17. Therefore, to him that knoweth to do good. This is the verse that really hit me. To him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not. It's sin. I was thinking about this and I was preparing my remarks for the day and I thought, well, this is not a heaven or hell issue. And then God hit me with this verse. He said, who are you to say it's not a heaven or hell issue? I'm the one that decides heaven or hell, not you. Yes, sir. And the Lord showed me this first because I think of sins and I think about things that we do, you know, like we make a bad decision. We, we make some choice, you know, to, to lie or to steal or to cheat. Or, and when we commit that lie or we commit that crime or we, or we commit it, we do something. I've always thought of sin in terms of committing, but this verse is saying there are sins of omission. There's things when you, you sin by not doing something. When you know what is the right thing to do and you don't do it, it's sin. Let me break it down for you. If you know you need to get involved and God's put it on your heart and you say, Pastor, I know you have laid out the case. I'm going to get involved in 2020. I know it's the right thing to do. If you know it's the right thing to do and you do with it not, you know what? It's sin. Think about that. I feel like we got to put a new word. We can't just put volunteer on this anymore. I feel like the Word of God mandates it. It's not enough for us to just mail in our check. It's not enough to just show up once in a while. God is not looking for you to just mail in your relationship. He's not wanting you to send Him a love letter once a month. He wants you from the top of your head to the sole of your feet. Paul said in Him we live and move and have our being. It's everything that I am. I give it unto you, God. All right, let's move on to letter T. And T is simply tenacious. You got to just get a, you got to get a bulldog grip on this thing, folks. You got to make up in your mind: I'm going to serve God. I'm going to serve my fellow man. I'm going to be involved, and I don't care what anybody says or does. I'm not going to let it knock me out. Of being involved in the kingdom of God. Paul said it this way in Philippians 3. Not as though I had already attained. Either were already perfect. 
but I follow after. If that I may apprehend. You see those words of action? Apprehend that for which I also am apprehended of Christ Jesus. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth under those things which are before, I press. You see all of that? That's a tenacious spirit. Everybody was against Paul. The, 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 the Athenians were against Paul. The Jews were against Paul. The Gentiles, Paul was in no man's land. But he pressed on anyhow. I don't know what environment you may be in, but I'm going to tell you what. If you get a tenacious spirit, I've come to tell you that God's going to honor you and bless you. And I've come to tell you, there's always room in the kingdom of God for a Martha. There's always room in the kingdom of God for a man or a woman who says, Lord, here's my hands. Any way you can use them, let them grow and benefit the kingdom of God. Would you stand to your feet? Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. Ooh, Jesus. Hmm. Boy, I feel the Lord calling us right now. We're going to do something a little bit different today. Here's where our altar, usually our altar call is right here. But today, our altar call is in the Life Center. That's going to be a little bit, of, a little bit longer of a walk for you. But I tell you, when you get to this altar, there's a whole bunch of goodies over there. There's little peanuts and things to eat. There's things to drink. There's videos, there's ministries, there's staff. There's hats, there's shirts, there's stickers, there's pens. A whole bunch of stuff to help you make the 50-step journey out that door and into the life center but ladies and gentlemen none of that really matters as much as what's in our heart and you know what what's in your heart cannot be given to you by another person a pastor can't put it in your heart your mom or your dad can't put it in your heart we oftentimes tell these bible quizzers this you can get the word of god in your head but only you can transfer it to your heart nobody can do this for us except us because even God who created us gives us a free will and allows you and I to say this is what I want to do here's what I want us to do when we pray and dismiss I want us all to go to the life center but here's what I want us to pray I want us to pray and say God help me to have a heart that's open to serving my fellow man give me courage to use the talent that you've given me and to put it in the master's hands would you lift your hands all over this building right now would you make that your prayer lord i thank you for everything you've done for me lord you've blessed us you've kept us your anointing is upon us i thank you lord for your blessing on my family my marriage my kids but lord more than anything i'm asking you to touch our hearts today and give us a heart to say lord i want to be involved i want to activate what you have put in my spirit and Lord, I do it by submitting my will and saying, God, I'll get involved in 2020. I will commit. I know it's the right thing to do, Lord. And I'm going to take the necessary steps to say, Lord, if you can use anyone, you can use me, Lord. I want my life to be a vessel, my life to be a vessel of honor and an instrument of praise and to bring glory and honor to you 
in this year, 2020. In Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. amen. God bless you. I will meet you in the Life Center for our ministry fair. You're dismissed in Jesus' name.